Welcome to We Accidentally Vaporize Our Podcast. I'm Lauren. And I'm Lachlan. And this is season three of our Percy Jackson recap analysis. We're reading The Titan's Curse and providing you with some hot takes, random headcanons, and some hopefully lighthearted disagreements. So get ready to curse some Titans or get cursed by the Titans. Either way, we'll find out in this season of We Accidentally Vaporized Our Podcast. Hello and welcome back to another exciting and amazing and wonderful episode of We Accidentally Vaporized Our Podcast. And as always, it is wonderful because of some great people, one of which is me, Lauren. And I am, as always, joined by... Lachlan, it's me. I'm still here. You love it. You know it. (laughs) You're also incredible and amazing. And we have another incredible and amazing guest, don't we, this week? Yes, yes, we do. We have the lovely, fantastic, wonderful, my soulmate, Maddie from Fatal Flaw. Hello, Maddie. Welcome. Hello. I'm so glad to be here. Oh my, I'm so happy to have you on. I've been waiting (laughs) for this for so long. (laughs) It's true. Lachlan and I are actually soulmates and you guys will see proof of that today. Sorry, Lauren, you're third wheeling. That's okay. Third wheel duty for you today. We'll find a soulmate and they can come on in the future. (laughs) Yes. So yeah, you are our second Percy Jackson podcaster guest. Fran was on recently. Their episode came out. Um, a while back not too long ago and yeah and now you're here too and it's so exciting and so fun we have we have friends lauren i'm so proud of us we have friends <laughs> we good made job it, guys i feel like yeah. this means we've made it in the podcast world oh yeah we're we're peaking right now it um, all it's yeah. downhill from here yeah you know at the time that we're recording this we just hit a thousand total downloads we have podcast friends coming on our podcast we're going on other podcasts like this is it we've made it we're big time I did a lot oh my gosh. recently. Like, we've- I'm going to get you guys so many more listeners. It's going to be crazy. <laughs> I, you have like su- you have such a cool fan base, I feel like. Um, I've seen like some comments on your posts and things. I don't know. I feel like you have, you have cool listeners. <laughs> I love our listeners um, who have been waiting months and months for more episodes and are <laughs> not getting them. <laughs> but see, that's how you know you have a good podcast and people are willing to wait for more. That's true. We have gotten messages that are like, hey, are you guys ever making new episodes? And (laughs) (laughs) sometimes we respond and sometimes we don't. Yeah, you just like shed a little tear and move on from the message. (laughs) It happens, it happens. Yeah, you know, it's life. You're super busy. You got a big, important job, you know. The curses of being a content creator. (laughs) (laughs) yeah oh my god well lauren did you remember to flip through the chapter to remind us of what happened i i did after you reminded me two minutes ago so basically (laughs) last chapter chapter five i placed an underwater phone call percy did just that he arrived finally is at camp he's confused by snow he's very confused by weather at camp uh as most of us are he then uh hangs out with uh Chiron a little bit giving him the lowdown Nico is just amazed and incredible and just enjoying everything. Um, they have to give the bad news about uh, Annabeth. Uh, Nico watches the orientation film. Apparently the orientation film is PG-13. I just wanted to point that one out again. Mm-hmm. Um, we get some cool little moments with uh, Nico and it gets really, it's a really cool reminder of like, camp is cool sometimes. As much as we like complain about like, the little things as we nitpick but like camp is so very cool um 
Percy goes back to his cabin. He finds out that his dad has given him a fountain, just what every 13-year-old boy wants. Um, he uses said fountain to call the most important person in his life, his brother Tyson. Um, Tyson is making some weapons because apparently we're starting to get a little uh, a little warlike down in the ocean. Um, Percy then uh, goes to sleep, has a dream where Luke tricks Annabeth into taking the weight of the world on her shoulders. And unfortunately, that's where we leave off Percy as he wakes up knowing that Annabeth's in danger and Luke is responsible. Uh. <laughs> that was probably the best recap you've ever done. I'm really proud of you. I just, oh, thank that you. was really good. That <laughs> yeah. was really good. It made me feel a lot, honestly. Yeah, it's a real roller coaster of emotions. This book we've, is. I yeah, no, but we've had a lot of practice recaps. I feel like we've definitely gotten better from the beginning. Oh yeah, <laughs> like I'm that, proud of like, you guys. Oh, like, thank what you. Was it chapter two or three where we talked about the last two pages of the chapter for 30 minutes and I had to backtrack oh. and talk about the entire rest of the chapter. Oh yeah. We used to <laughs> <laughs> really great at this. Sometimes the last two pages are just so interesting. Yep. <laughs> but anyway, I do like what you said about how um camp is really cool, especially when you think about it through a 10 year old's eyes and who hasn't seen the bad side of it yet. Like, yeah, the idea of it of seeing Pegasi and people like learning how to surf like like as an as a concept that is all very very cool if you oh yeah more, well i mean it's even more it. it's even more interesting when it's like nico who all his only experience right now is through like mythomagic magic and watching a girl fall off a cliff like that's all he knows he's already met two gods he three now with dionysus he's like living the life yeah. you know i will say i was nico's age when this book came out and i read them as they came out and um it was really cool as a 10 year old uh reading these books so yeah 10 yeah, out of 10. my favorite part about reading these books like the first time through when i was younger is we had the wii you know classic classic game from our childhood and spe specifically the wii sport resort which had um sword fighting and archery i loved that sporting. game so i was <laughs> yes. doing all i made all of the percy jackson and heroes olympus characters I would rotate through playing them. I was usually Annabeth though. And I would practice my sword fighting skills and I would practice my art. Wow. Like wakeboarding, like I was Percy. Like I was truly, I would get up early in the summer to go practice my sword fighting in the mornings. Like I was such a nerd. Um, <laughs> but it was great. It was a fun time. That's adorable. I, I love that. Deep. <laughs> Down bad for the Percy oh, yeah. Jackson books. Oh yeah. <laughs> No, like my my whole family was super big Harry Potter fans. And like, I was like, cause I read those books first. So I was really into that. And then I read Percy Jackson. I remember the day I changed my laptop background to like a little design of all the Percy Jackson characters. And it said, forget Hogwarts, I'm going to Kim Hathlet. And my mom was very annoyed with me. She's like, oh no, turn your back on us. Percy Jackson over Harry Potter any day, I will say. <laughs> I, I go back and forth. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. you are on the Quidditch team. I, I am the captain of the Quidditch team now. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you could arguably say that's worse than practicing uh, Percy Jackson. <laughs> yeah, at least I kept it within the privacy of my own home. <laughs> um, no, but Quidditch is good cardiovascular exercise. So oh, that yeah. is very true. I almost joined the Quidditch team and then decided not to because I figured I would break every bone in my body. 
it's worth very, it very clumsy and i decided to join the club that i met you in instead well, yeah should have joined quidditch we teach you how to fly uh moving on to (laughs) back to the book we're actually talking about chapter six an old dead friend comes to visit so yeah let's get into it um so first grover uh percy tells grover about his dream um because that's what he always does he wakes up and he's like i gotta share this with somebody um so he tells grover to himself that's very oh yeah you know what? I tell people about my dreams all the time. I actually, a couple of weeks ago, I had a dream that my friend didn't invite me to his wedding and I texted him and I was like, look, I better be invited to your wedding. I had a dream last night. You weren't getting married to your current girlfriend. It was someone I didn't know, but like, you got to invite me. I was very upset. And he was like, you know, what? it's okay. I'm going to invite you. So I always tell my friends my dreams. Right now? You would? that this person isn't even engaged right now just no he's not (laughs) (laughs) oh that's incredible I love that (laughs) but when he does get engaged uh he better invite me to his wedding that's all I gotta say you've you've warned him so he better (laughs) oh my god so very relatable on Percy's part I always share my dreams that's a good I mean you have to Mm -hmm. um so he shares them with Grover and Grover is like uh I don't know. I mean, we, I don't know. I'm mean, Zoe's dream. And I, 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 Percy does this all the time where like someone will start to say something important and then Percy will interrupt and like, whoa, 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 what? And it's like, no, just <laughs> let them finish the sentence and then they'll tell you the information you need. Mm-hmm. Um, and by Percy interrupting, he doesn't get that information as quickly. Apparently Zoe though had some sort of dream, came to the big house, talked to Chiron and that's all she knows. That's all Grover knows. And he knows this because he was sleeping outside of the Artemis cabin, which is a very, is a little weird. It's, it's, it's weird. creepy behavior, yeah. it is. but I do love the, the line. You're a stalker with hooves because yeah, it's like, you're not a regular stalker. You're one with hooves <laughs> and it makes a difference. Well, I oh, think you would does. be a louder stalker because of the, the clippy cloppy noise when you walk. I mean, but you're only clippy clopping on, on like stuff like materials that clip clop. If you're just walking on like dirt, I feel like it's still louder. Yeah, I'm trying to remember the last time I rode a horse. Yeah, well, <laughs> I think I mean Monty Python has a little coconut shell sound, so maybe that's what it sounds like when he walks around camp. But he was also just laying there, like yeah. he was like on the ground sleeping outside. Also, it's, it's not a great look. How how close to the cabin was he sleeping that he was able to like hear them leaving and then immediately follow them to the big house? Underneath the window. That yeah. was exactly so my thought. Like in a bush under yeah. the window. Like I yeah. feel like the following to the big house is almost worse than the sleeping outside. Because <laughs> I feel like that's a second stage of stalking that he unlocked. Mm-hmm. And they knew he was following them. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're hunters. No, I like the idea that it's not even like good following it's like she turns around clearly sees him and then he ducks behind something oh, yeah. like i want it to be super super obvious they were they were definitely like it's not worth it to fight this kid right now it reminds me of that scene in the lion the witch in the wardrobe where mr tumness is like walking and sees the kids and he's like he like looks do you guys know what i'm talking about you don't I know what i'm talking about i haven't seen it in years i gotta i gotta rewatch it it's like on the internet sometimes like the gif will just pop up and it'll just be like him and he'll be like looking 
And that's how I picture Grover being caught <laughs> by the, your listeners will get it. Oh no, they will. Uh, I'm sure that I'd it's, it is weird when I think about the fact that that was James McAvoy. Oh. Mr. X, what you doing? Yeah, is, that is crazy. He's like a really good actor that's in like big movies mm-hmm. and he played Mr. Tumnus. Yep. <laughs> uh, Actors' first roles. Was hilarious. <laughs> I love oh. that. Oh my God. Uh, so they move on. Uh, apparently Grover heard more than he was letting on initially. He also said that uh, there was something about Artemis being in trouble. They needed the... Um, hunter she needed the hunters um but chiron was like nope you can't do anything um and he's all upset because he was in his pajamas and horsetail in curlers um which i i'm wondering how he gets those on like can do you think he can actually reach all the way back to his tail oh that's that's a good question i think argus does it That, that's better than Mr. D doing it. Mr. D, Mr. D would, would never. He would not do it. He would never. Unless he like, lost one of their games. Yeah, I was going to say, you know that was a bet sometime at Pinochle. Yeah. But yeah. also, why does he need curlers in his tail? Is his tail actually like really curly? And Is that specific, established? I feel like horses' tails aren't, don't have curly hair. Yeah, no, it's I didn't not think the way that we would think of humans using hair curlers. I, I feel like Rick just left this in to be funny, but Rick has no idea what curly hair is because yeah. he is like multiple occasions has been like, Rachel Elizabeth Dare has curly hair and she brushes through it. And <laughs> Beth has curly hair. And Molly and I on Fatal Flaw have gone over this several times because Molly and I both have curly hair and we're just like, this would never happen. So I just, I don't think Rick has ever seen a person with curly hair or knows anything about curly hair. Yeah, so I'm just imagining there there just be a bunch of curlers like right up on his like horse butt, and like that's just it's just weird. It doesn't make any sense at and all. It, um, it's also weird that he apparently only does the tail. Like he doesn't do like the he doesn't do anywhere else, and like, not his human hair, not anything. Yeah, it, it it's a really weird choice. But like, what type of curlers are we thinking? Like like the big like Velcro roll, the like the little spaghetti. Right, and what kind of human hair does he have? I, on his head is, no but like what does oh. it look like curly hair or? it's weird because like i think if i hadn't seen the movies i would have pictured him with like you know like he looks like a teacher you know because that's what he was initially but because in the movies he's got like this long like is it is it who is it it's pierce brosnan or someone yeah <laughs> like the long hair and I'm like okay Kyron's got long hair like he I don't almost know. has like a serious black haircut in yeah. the movies yes <laughs> serious black after he gets he sees a hair dryer after getting out of a well yeah, yeah. <laughs> when he after a blowout oh yeah he needs that blowout oh yeah <laughs> oh my god yeah. I just tried to google curly horsetail and nothing popped up yeah oh. nothing well have you seen like pictures of like curly haired cows i'm like i'm doing a lot of visuals in this and i'm sorry this is not a visual (laughs) medium but (laughs) they've got like these cows that have curly hair and um that's how i picture it like the curly hair on the cows is how his tail would look yeah i see that i can see that yeah everyone look it up <laughs> it's your homework <laughs> listen to this episode anyway so so percy does 
question that. He's like, he wears curlers in his tail. And Grover's like, we're not talking about this. The person's like, oh, sorry, sorry, go on. Which I just, I love that exchange. I'm like, we're just going to skip right, no, right over that. Grover doesn't say it's not important. Grover covers his mouth because he <laughs> accidentally said that yes. Chiron has curlers he in his hair. The beans. He was like, oh, I can't believe I said that. And so Percy's like, sorry, go on. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, so Zoe wants to be able to leave camp, but she has to have permission, which is so interesting when you think that she's immortal. We don't know how old she is at this point, but we know she's decently old. She's immortal and she still has to ask permission to be able to leave camp. But I guess it's since Artemis told her she has to go, then in that sense, she's sort of bound there. But it's also, it's so like technically they shouldn't be under camp jurisdiction in the way that they have to follow these like well all the camp rules like yes they should respect the rules of camp but they should be able to leave like i don't understand that yeah yeah especially if she's getting called theoretically by artemis Mm -hmm. yeah i think i mean artemis wanted them to go to camp because she wanted them to be safe because she knew that she was in trouble like artemis knew that she was being hunted or whatever I think I think she says that at the beginning like Artemis knew that there was danger and Artemis um and Artemis told them to go to camp and so now that they're at camp they can't leave until they have orders from Artemis to leave which is a weird like catch 22 like situation (laughs) where it's like well we can't leave unless she's in danger but if she's in danger she can't tell us that she's in danger so then we can't leave because she can't tell us it's it's stupid is what it is and i don't like it <laughs> yeah it's like our lady needs us so we have to go like th- things things have changed at this point essentially is what zoe's trying to get across and Kyron's like mm, no nothing i don't changed. know guys um yeah. so yeah so she is fighting Kyron hard and then grover says that zoe said how are we to get orders from artemis if artemis is lost so we now have this big reveal that like Artemis has been kidnapped possibly. And then Percy's like, how can you kidnap a goddess? It's not like Persephone, who's just the goddess of flowers. Like Artemis is a legitimate goddess. Which is, <laughs> I, I love this like casual shade we're just throwing on Persephone. <laughs> and we're just going to be cool with it because it's the middle of winter. So she can't harm us until the next spring because she's in the underworld now. Yeah. Well, he also hasn't met her. So I think in some sense, she may not be as like real seeming i hasn't been in front of her power the way he has with artemis apollo and aries and did he not meet her in the first book no No. that was during the summer so she was oh oh in the movie yes in the book i know i (laughs) my bad my bad (laughs) so that it could also just be be that that he just hasn't felt her Power. I mean, and so yeah, the gossip flowers kind of seems like whatever, but he doesn't really this, know what she's capable of. But this isn't the first time they've like, I mean, in the first book, Annabeth kind of attacked some other god. This is in the way of like, oh, well, if your parents are someone weak, like, you know, Demeter or <laughs> Aphrodite, then you can just leave camp because no monster's going to care about you. So it's like, I wonder if this is like a camp thing where they're just like, you know, who like isn't a cool goddess? Persephone. Or you know who's not powerful? <laughs> Persephone. I think it's just an Annabeth thing. I think. Annabeth is low-key like not like a other little girls. bit of an asshole sorry <laughs> <laughs> it's okay I think Annabeth thinks she's like better than other oh, people and so it kind of rubs off on Percy and he's like 
oh, well, I mean, Annabeth says that this isn't an important God. And so that kind of translates because whatever Annabeth says is right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that probably goes along with her having Athena as her mother who like, like, yes, Hera is the queen of the gods. However, who do all of the male gods look to first? Athena so of all of the female goddesses like her mother is the most important the most respected and so because of that she's probably going to be looking down on all the other female oh for sure Athena is 100% a pick me I'm not <laughs> friends with other girls other girls don't like me for some reason oh, type yeah. girl I'm just one of the guys yeah she's like I just want a burger and just to watch sports because oh I'm cool yeah Athena total pick me and I can see how that translates to Annabeth and I'm glad that Annabeth in you know later books kind of trends away from that and we won't get into that but (laughs) (laughs) we we can come you can come back at some point and then we'll discuss her like total evolution maybe love her character growth yes oh my god I love her so much anyway she's gone (laughs) right now (laughs) she's in danger yeah yes she is what are we gonna do about that guys um so Percy, of course, is thinking like, okay, well, like, did Kronos kidnap her? Or, like, he and Grover are both wondering, because like, who, who else would be powerful enough to kidnap a goddess? But as we all remember from last book, Kronos is in little tiny pieces. So that seems a little bit challenging at this point. But, you know, always got to keep your options open. You never know who might be coming after you. And Grover says, like, you and Zoe both had a nightmare, like similar nightmares in the same night. That means it's probably connected. So lo- lots of bad stuff is going down, even if no one fully understands what that is. But like, isn't that the typical state of these books? <laughs> no one knows what's going on. I, I also love the, the, like, ha- the demigod thinking of like, oh, if you had a nightmare, it's a sign of larger things, not anxiety. Like they're <laughs> all like, all, yeah. It's like, oh, your nightmares just means you're destined for greater things. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. I mean, I have, I had a dream about my ex-grandmother talking to me and then she tried to Facebook friend me the next day. So maybe dreams are destiny. Oh my gosh. (laughs) If that's true, I'm going to have to start looking for a Brooklyn Nine-Nine DVD amongst a sea of DVD cases that are all empty. Mm. That was my dream the other night. It's a quest, Lauren. (laughs) crazy oh yeah so percy decides he's gonna go talk to zoe he's gonna bridge the divide between the two groups and try to see what's what however grover stops him saying like you should probably know something before you go talk to her and hands percy a pamphlet saying like yeah like there was a reason why the hunters we think were like so close to us and so ready to jump in when we were at westover hall because they were probably scouting us and this pamphlet that he hands to Percy is basically like a a marketing tool for the hunters of Artemis, <laughs> saying like a wise choice for your future, like you get mortality and other health benefits, like a boy free tomorrow, join up today. Um, a boy free tomorrow. Oh yeah, that's tempting, <laughs> <laughs> isn't it? Isn't it? <laughs> Though we do have the whole question of like if she's supposed to be against all romantic love, why are we so focused on heterosexual relationships? But, you know, that's a conversation for another time, Rick. <laughs> anyway. Conversation um, for three chapters ago. 
yes, also three chapters to go because we have we talked about that a lot with Fran. Um, oh, okay, gotcha. Yes, but yeah, so Grover says he found this pamphlet in Annabeth's backpack, and he thinks that it means Annabeth was considering joining. Which, Which of course, I first- <laughs> I don't know why, but I find the idea of them like scouting as like uh we're gonna have to check you out before you can join as a little like weird like I thought that they were like very all-inclusive and like if you want to join you're in and it's like a choice and blah blah like I mean no offense to Bianca but she literally (laughs) just like found out she was the child of a god and they were like you want to join and she's like yeah like there was no background there there was no looking in there's no trying to figure anything out like or maybe at the same time they weren't scouting as like like trying to see how good she is but they were just hovering for when she made her makes her choice like True. when when as soon as they brought the idea to Bianca, like Zoe was hounding her to make a decision right away, like was not giving her any time to make a choice. And so I feel like Which is like a cult marketing she, strategy, I think. Yes. And yeah. I feel like Bianca like gave into that because she was so new. We know she's very insecure and everything, so she caved quickly. So I feel like Annabeth stands her ground a bit more and says, like, give me a week to decide. I'll get back to you. Like, okay, we're gonna be right close to you the whole time. So as soon as you make your choice, we can swipe you up forever. So. Yeah, it sounds more like a like a recruitment than a like audition. Yeah. Like they want her. It's like she's not auditioning for it. She's getting recruited. Yeah. It's also interesting because I kind of wonder like how this works. Like, oh God, what um there was some I, I'm thinking of something and I can't know, I don't exactly know what I'm thinking of, but like basically whenever you start to like vaguely think about it or whatever it's going to be like your time like the pamphlet like appears at your pillow or something or it starts like coming to you like uh that's what I'm, I'm wondering if like Annabeth specifically sought it out and received the pamphlet or if like someone like slipped it to her and someone's just like hey this would this would be something for you and also do we think like Kyron keeps a bunch at camp or does he like purposely not so he doesn't lose any more campers to them do I think it's a, a mailing list just all female campers when they all female demigods between the ages of 10 and 14 get a pamphlet mailed to them i want to know who's printing these (laughs) yeah that's awesome (laughs) my brother used to work yeah my brother used to work at ups and he like would read the pamphlets that he would do printing for and i can't imagine someone printing this and being like what the, what is going on with these girls? <laughs> I, oh I would love to know if you if you don't mind asking him at some point what the weirdest one is that he's ever read and then like text me about it. <laughs> I yeah, I will ask him that. I know he did this one, it was recurring. It was a um a cocker spaniel fan group, and he, they had a newsletter. It was a monthly newsletter that he would print out and they would mail to their little cocker spaniel people. I, I want to get on their mailing list. Oh my god, that sounds incredible! <laughs> Just have it right in my address. <laughs> oh my god, but I don't yeah. know. I I find the pamphlet very weird. It's just also like when did they, did they have to pose for pictures for this? Do they update? Ever? <laughs> yeah, who who's their camera person? 
I'm also like picturing it to be like a college, like, you know, when you get like the, the, uh, the pamphlets from college and it's like diverse on the yes. cover, like that's exactly <laughs> what I'm picturing here. <laughs> they got to make sure they show like a demigod, a mortal and a nymph. Like they got, oh, yeah. you know, the two hunters of color are like yeah. throughout the whole pamphlet. Yes. <laughs> But like yeah. different hairstyles to confuse all the white people. Yeah. <laughs> There's some like black and white pictures of some people who see like, look, the immortality works. Here's Zoe <laughs> Nightshade in the 15th, in the six, uh, in the 1920s, whenever the camera was invented. And here's her today. I don't <laughs> whenever know. Whenever the camera was invented. Like 18 something. <laughs> she like stood for 20 minutes. Tapestry. Yes. <laughs> someone here's a portrait of her <laughs> oh my god i i love this i love this so much so the other side of this though of course is how percy is reacting to the whole situation and he says himself i'd like to say i took the news well the truth was i wanted to strangle every hunter of artemis one eternal maiden at a time because someone's trying to take away his bestie and we can't have that yeah, why are you why are you so upset about that, Percy? Huh? Uh, yeah. What where's what that feelings, anger coming from? Yeah, what feelings are you pushing down right now, sir? <laughs> but yeah, no, he's so upset, in fact, that he messes up at javelin throwing class and doesn't spear a camper, but does throw it like through the kid's pants. I imagine like pinning him to the board for a brief moment. So he gets kicked out of that. Is it bad that I initially just assumed that Percy would be bad at that? I was like, yeah, no, that's just how Percy throws a javelin. He's had two summers, though, now. So you imagine he's gotten better. He's gotten, like, between, like, though his quests and stuff, he's gotten collectively, like, two weeks, probably. Hey, summer's a long time. As as Spencer and Verve have have shown us, summer can be as long as you want it to be. Yes, it is 104 days of summer vacation before school comes along just to end it. (laughs) And the annual problem for our generation is throwing javelins well. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. But yeah, so then he tries to go to the Pegasus stables, but Selena from the Aphrodite cabin and the hunters are having a big argument and Percy decides it's best to stay out of that, which is good. You know, he doesn't need to get involved in a fight right now. It's definitely for the best that he walks away from that. I'm proud of him for learning. He's doing a good job. <laughs> um. Yeah, and then he wants to go talk to Kyron, but doesn't trust Kyron to tell him everything, which, again, he's learning. Good job, Percy. Kyron definitely wouldn't tell you everything. He's like, yeah, Kyron would definitely gaslight me, so I better not <laughs> go over there. <laughs> Honestly, that man has gaslit him so many times. And then he has a classic big brain idea. He's going to go up to the attic to see the Oracle. So he does. That sounds that. like the worst idea. I feel like that's a horrible idea. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he did, what was it, last? Yes, it was uh, It was last book where um, to like prove to Annabeth that he was serious about like the fact that Grover was in danger and Percy really thought there was something wrong was to say like, hey, we're going to go up to the attic. I'll go up to the attic and talk to the Oracle. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, I love his like solution whenever no one believes him. is just like, I'll prove it. I'll go to the Oracle. Yep, because if you get a quest, then there you go. He's like, call my bluff. (laughs) Yep, so he goes, he tries to talk to her, but she, the Oracle, is not interested in Percy. She stays silent, there's no green mist or anything. 
he's even like i need to know about annabeth how can i save her and it's nothing still i finally (laughs) oh no continue sorry oh see and finally he just gets upset and angrily storms out of there like fine i'll figure it out myself Um, i love how he starts it with hi what's up (laughs) (laughs) that is a pretty like what else that's a classic percy introduction it really is it's like there's this mummified corpse in front of you that still gives you nightmares apparently from the last time you saw her and you're not going to be like oh great oracle please give me your wisdom about my dear friend annabeth it's just so my dude you want to give me some advice please i i also love my favorite thing about the attic is this is where apparently they keep all the souvenirs um of like the uh stuff from quests and cool things and i really love that like some of this and yes it does say that like some of these are that no one wants in their cabins and stuff that hold painful memories but i I think some of it should be like on display as like a, hey, look at this person who went on this quest and survived. Um, for example, there is uh, a scarf from the goddess Aphrodite recovered at Waterland, Denver, Colorado by Annabeth Chase and Percy Jackson. So Annabeth, who put that thing in her pocket after Percy was like, ooh, that's, that's attractive. Um, <laughs> she kept it, brought it back and put it up in the attic, which is really cool. I also love the fact that she put her name first, even though technically it was Percy's quest. She was like, no, no, no. Annabeth Alphabetically, Chase she and goes Percy first. Jackson. Yes. <laughs> Alphabetically, first and last name, she would be first. And that's that probably how true. she'll justify it if Percy ever asks her. But um, I think you brought an interesting point of saying like sometimes there are painful memories up there that people want to keep, keep hidden away. So what was this from Annabeth's part? Was this a painful memory that she's wanting to keep hidden away? Was this a great moment between two friends when they started to trust each other that she's wanting to immortalize in this space? Like what what was her thinking behind like did she just accidentally leave it in her pocket the whole quest was like oh i guess i could throw this up here or was there intentionality behind it i i hope there was some intentionality behind it but again i really think like this should be something that should be like downstairs and like shown off as like with some other stuff that is up in the attic uh, that they talked about like in the first book especially which i think would be really cool to see more of that and to really just remind the campers of like hey yeah life sucks we die whatever our best friend betrayed us for our evil grandfather who cares about him but like there is like going on quests and coming back and being heroes and seeing those reminders I think would be really really cool also they could have like they could assemble this stuff into a museum and then charge people to go into there also more of that money laundering (laughs) it also it just occurred to me right so for most of the like the major gods Kronos is their father Kronos is also Chiron's father therefore Chiron is Percy's uncle yeah yes I don't know if we ever talked about that we have not um but I think it's also in a way they don't he does not present as an uncle and he never once refers to him as an uncle um no I think it's all in the way that they portray it like mm-hmm. they make a lot of, I don't know if it's like jokes or references, but I really love when they call like him, like uncle Hades or like uncle Zeus. Like, I don't, I love when they play that up, yeah. uh, but they don't play that ever up with Chiron because Chiron is so very ashamed of that relationship and that connection that he has with them. We all the gods are like, no, 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 you're my family and you can suck it. Cause you're my brother. Like, I- <laughs> Oh my God. 
I'm sorry, that was just really funny. But also, isn't Chiron's mom? I don't know who Chiron's mom is. I, I have no idea. Never mind. I think it's like yeah. a another Titan. Mm. And so, but, yeah, he's really not because he's not a god. No, he is not, and he so, is so, unless he was the first centaur. I'm assuming there was some sort of force in there. Um, no, I think he was the first centaur. Oh, that's cool. So does that make him like honorary president of the Party Ponies? Well, yeah. <laughs> His mom is Philraya, an Ocead or sea nymph. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I guess it makes sense if, Posi- if Poseidon invented horses. Yeah, true. <laughs> Not make them I'm so confused. Yeah, I hate, you know, I hate a lot this. Of layers. There's a lot of layers to this. These family <laughs> trees are just true piles of spaghetti. <laughs> It's yeah, like a, good. it's like a family tree in the south, in oh, Alabama. It's you can't even trace it. It's a circle. Yep. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. All right. So moving on from all those horrifying thoughts. So Percy ends up. Well, no, he actually he's also wondering why Anne Beth kept it up there and like why had she stashed it in the attic, and he turns towards the mummy, the oracle and sees the shadows on her face make it look like she was smiling gruesomely at him, which is too much for him to handle, as would be for anyone. And so he decides to get on out of there, aka run away. Um, so after dinner, it's time for Capture the Flag, our big main event. So as we said before, they're going to play against the Hunters. There's 13 her side with Bianca obviously playing for the hunter since she has defected but you know we're not upset about that at all so even though at first they all seem kind of excited about this the hunters are not their hearts are not in it anymore since you know their goddess is lost they have bigger things on their mind than playing a game against a bunch of children they feel are beneath them so they're all like sitting around something they look like they're crying and then on the other side, the half-blood side, they have Beckendorf, two other Hephaestus kids, some from the Ares cabin, though Cleary still isn't around. She's still on her secret mission that we know nothing about at this time. The Stoll brothers and Nico and some Aphrodite kids. And I don't love this part, but it's important to talk about, I think. Um, Percy says it's weird that Aphrodite cabin wanted to play. Usually they sit around chatting, checking their reflections and stuff. But then as soon as they heard fight the hunters, then they decide to show up and it's like like yes Aphrodite is the goddess of love and beauty and Rick at least initially in these books chooses to focus only on like the the beauty aspect of it but like how many wars have been started especially in like Greek mythology over love like love is a very very powerful very dangerous force and he never really dives into that initially it's always just oh they're so petty they don't want to break a nail oh my god like it's very valley girl that's the way he portrays the Aphrodite (laughs) characters i agree but i actually really like the fact that the aphrodite cabin can just um opt out because (laughs) it really makes it seem like everybody kind of has to play like in the first book when they were like oh we're gonna play capture the flag here's your armor like required activity stuff like that but like now we're finding out that the aphrodite cabin doesn't play and i know that 
Rick's trying to make it more like a like oh they don't want to break a nail and they're so girly but in my mind I'm like Aphrodite doesn't fight wars she watches as wars are fought over her and it makes her so powerful and this is like powerful imagery of that so for me it's more of like a feminist thing where you know Aphrodite doesn't participate she watches because it's being fought over her okay I do, I do like that I like that interpretation that is a that is a great take and I really enjoy it yeah I uh, I struggle with the idea that a man could understand that take but I do like it I do like it <laughs> Rick has one flaw and it's that he's a man <laughs> I mean isn't that the flaw of all men oops Ugh. so true sorry bros um <laughs> anyway so um yeah, Selena is ready to go. She's even saying like she'll pulverize them. Like she she's ready for blood. I, I I don't I I love when we get characters who aren't as into stuff getting into stuff. I like when people yeah. who usually aren't as into things all of a sudden like get super into something. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I just I'm they're still demigods at the end of the day. They still have the same instincts and reflexes. They can still fight just as well. So it's just a choice for them. They're just like we don't want to and there's nothing wrong with not wanting to go running around the woods in like it's 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 also winter in long island it's probably like 30 degrees out like running around the woods in 30 degrees out with people who are more than willing to kill you and they don't care if they don't get uh s'mores for dessert and have hundreds of years of experience over exactly but (laughs) also literally exactly but also like during regular days like they get really percy and like percy especially gets really into like over the afternoon kids aren't gonna uh uh participate again when it's just like maybe they don't want to like it's camp sometimes like running around outside is not the best thing in the world i don't like to run sometimes that does not make me a bad person (laughs) some people don't like organized sports okay it's just how it is if you don't want to participate you shouldn't have to exactly yep it's like the I love how the fact that this never is a problem with the Athena kids because they're they're like nerdy jocks they're not just nerds like if they were like let's be honest there's probably some Athena kid who like found out they were the child of Athena and was like yes my brains then they get to camp and they're like you want me to do what now like no <laughs> no I'm gonna I'll sit over there and I'll like come up with I'll a read book. a book yeah I'll read my book you guys can go punch some people yeah i am kind of sad that and like we'll just go ahead and say it, like this is the only time we get to see selena really want to go after them like we don't get to see her actually fight anyone in this chapter and i feel like that's that's one of the hopes i have for the show is that they'll get to explore more beyond just percy's perspective so like i know we are we're still a while away from the first season hopefully we get to season three and so hopefully like when they show capture the flag they can expand it beyond just whatever percy's directly seeing and we could see like selena taking someone out like decking someone across the face like it would be fun (laughs) that'll be great yeah they can explore other things beyond just what he's directly seeing and feeling and thinking so which is one of the downfalls of first person but you know it was was a choice it was a choice that was made (laughs) so yeah Thalia tells Percy that she is going to take offense and he is going to take defense, which is not very co-captainy of them, but you know. I mean, it's it's both expected from the children of two big three gods. No, but I mean, that is like a strategy sometimes. I mean, like, if you think about like football teams, they have an offensive coordinator and a defensive 
coordinator. Like um, I'm in a club and we have like someone in charge of this. We have someone in charge of that. And we have, sure we have a head person looking over it all, but like, we're very much like, okay, I'll do this part. You do that part. And so that's helpful because it lets you focus on one thing instead of trying to deal with 40 million things at once. Yeah. No, I agree with that. Yeah. However, in this situation, offense means you're the one that gets the glory. That means you're the one going to get the flag. And Thalia has chosen that for herself and told Percy, oh, you stay behind because I want this position for myself. I don't want you to get all the glory. I want to be the one that everyone looks to. Yeah, the reasoning behind her saying that <laughs> is for sure problematic, um, yeah. but it is a good strategy. Yeah, uh, but there was, there was I no think discussion. it was anytime saying, not co-captains. I'm doing it. Yeah, yeah. Anytime Talia and Percy have to work together, it's gonna never be good because they're just so they're so similar that they can't divide up tasks because they oh, both yeah. want the same tasks. And it's just Percy, how it is. Percy even says that. Percy even says, like, I was about to say the same thing in reverse. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) This is why they need Annabeth there to be like, no, no, no. Neither one of you is doing anything. I'm doing it. Go sit in the corner. Like, Or Annabeth Annabeth would say, like, you do this, you do that, and then it would be fine. But they can't divvy up their own work because they want all the glory. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, Percy, as we talked about before, like already has this problem with Thalia, like swooping in and taking in like what happened to his spot at camp. And now everyone's looking to her instead, even though he has actually survived two quests now. And she, you know, died trying to get to camp. Yeah, she's been a tree. Like, so, but yeah, so he's, he's still really struggling with this like role reversal that he's going through. And this is not at all helping having to defend, especially because he feels called out like Thalia and Annabeth have been gossiping while they were at school together about how Percy was almost, how, how Annabeth used Percy as bait the first time he played capture the flag. And he was almost murdered by the hellhound. So like, he just feels like he's just being used. He's being pushed around. He's being made fun of. They're calling upon his tragic past. I, but I mean, like, I, I, I had this pointed out to me the other day by someone if like I had talked a lot about this one friend and I said a lot of negative things about them and not because they are negative things, but because like, this is my friend and these are like the funny stories I have of them. And I feel like that's sort of what it was like for Annabeth where she was like, I'm going to talk about my friend Percy. And unfortunately, like one of my core memories of Percy is him nearly dying because he, because uh, he angered Clarice so much that she attacked him. Like, yeah. It's a core, like I associate, it's like my friend is not a bad person, but if I tell you a bunch of stories about him, he will come across bad. So it's all in your presentation. And I feel like Annabeth doesn't mean to come across that way if this is even happening. Yeah, no, like I I don't think Annabeth meant it as anything other than like, oh my God, my friend Percy, like I'm trying to catch you up on my life. Cause like she and Thalia were so close. I think she was just trying to catch Thalia up on her life. And Percy's interpreting this as they all think I'm worthless. Yeah, Percy is an insecure 13-year-old boy who has a crush on a girl and really wants to look cool in front of her (laughs) and usually doesn't. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah, in case you guys haven't picked up on the subtext yet. boy. Oh, come on. (laughs) It's not subtext. (laughs) It's there. It is there. I just want you to my fun subtext fingers that no one can see because they're listening. it's it's weird because I always forget how insecure Percy actually is and then we talked about this a lot last book with uh the Cersei scene of how insecure he felt in that moment um but yeah no sorry we can continue I just really wanted to point that out like let me, <laughs> let me drop in a hint of the last he, he book just, 
he's insecure. He has anxiety. He has trauma. I mean, he's, he's a middle school. PTSD in a few years, probably. <laughs> like, who is so adorable? Who isn't insecure in middle school? Honestly, honestly. So Nico is losing his mind over Capture the Flag, which like, I would too. I would too. <laughs> I <laughs> love so- little baby Nico. He is precious. <laughs> he is such a little ray of sunshine, which is hilarious for anyone who's read all of the books. You, you get that joke. <laughs> But anyway, um, so he's like, oh, do we get to kill the other team? And Percy's like, no, no, we're not trying to kill anyone. He's like, but they're immortal, so we can just resurrect them, right? Like, not how that works, bud. But like, I, I don't know why he's confused by it. He's I like, love that oh. idea from him. Uh, but I, and I love the dedication of like, yeah, we can totally kill people during Capture the Flag. Because you know, like, everyone had that weird thought at first where they're like, you're giving me a sword. Like, what am I, am I going to stab yeah. them? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if everyone had that idea because I don't think anyone. <laughs> I would have. I would have. I just think it's. I think it's just. Oh no, spoilers. Okay. Well, I think it's also just. It's a ten-year-old who probably doesn't understand death yet. Right. Like, also, bad things can happen. Like he's just hanging out with his sister, playing some cool. Crap. I mostly think no, he's an orphan. He understands death. But he's also been very young. So like, who knows? Like how he interprets. <laughs> Again, we I think someone hands you a sword time. tells you to go into battle. You're thinking, oh, cool. I'm, okay, I'm going to have to kill someone. Like, <laughs> I'm just, I don't think you would be excited about that unless you're a Yeah, I think personally, I think it's just foreshadowing. I think Rick just put it in. I don't think like anyone else would have these thoughts, but it's just yeah. Nico because it's like, but I mean, also, Nico plays like Mythomagic where you can kill somebody That's and then you just real, kill again. That's not real. But I don't know you're if Nico knows says that's real. You're the one who says he doesn't understand death. Yeah. Well, that, that's part of it, though. It's like, yeah, he doesn't understand because he's been playing this game where he can just resurrect characters. Now it's like, this is, this and is real, buddy. These are real pointy things. Who knows? He might have some issues with the fact that the hunters took his sister away from him. And he wants to murder them. He I don't think he wants to murder them. them. <laughs> I don't know what's going on <laughs> in his little brain. Tango murderer running around camp. Oh my god. It probably wouldn't be the first time. Oh How god. terrible. Uh, anyway, um, so Percy s- says, you know, what I was just saying, like, this is serious. These are real swords. They can hurt. And then Nico gets all disappointed. Percy's like, oh my god, I sound like my mother. Ugh. <laughs> Which, like, no, good, Percy. Good. Keep keep kids alive, please. Yeah, I'd rather sound like Sally than Yeah, also great. Who wouldn't want to sound like her? She's cool. But anyway, so finally Percy's like, yeah, you know, just stay out of Zoe's way. Like, it'll be fun. Like, whatever. Just go do something, child. Um, so Kyron says, you know, once again, he'll be referee and battlefield medic. I feel like they need more for this one. I feel like this one's going to get a little bit dirty, but we'll Where's see. Where's Will Solis? <laughs> <You need him. laughs> we don't have him yet. He's not around. He hasn't, wait, he's not in these? I don't he... think he- I don't think he comes up until next book or maybe the last book. Yeah. Oh, and we, we have a little while. We got a little while. I, I, I got my money on when he shows up, but we'll, we'll, we can talk yeah. later. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. I'm so sorry. Good. All good. But anyway, but yes, to your point, we need some more people. We can't just have one centaur running around saving everyone who are actually trying to murder each other. No, anyway, no, no. Um, Oh yeah. Continue. Sorry. Yeah. Kyron does reiterate no intentional maiming. 
please. I, I always love how it's intentional maiming. Like it's not even like there's like a, rest- a restriction on accidental maiming. It's all intentional. Yeah. Like I mean, if you like, do it accidentally, roots accidentally in quotations and like stab into someone's leg as you fall honestly, away with it i don't i, I feel don't. like even if you like just got a little too into a sword fight and like cut someone's arm that would be an accident too i think they would consider that <laughs> which is a problem because i don't think you should um you my dad always says it. that like in hockey in like hockey you're responsible for your stick so it doesn't matter if your stick comes flying out of your hand and then it smacks someone in the head 20 feet away from you if it was an accident, you're still the one responsible because it's your stick. And that should be the same with swords. I don't care that you tripped over a root and then stabbed someone. Have better balance. It's not the root's fault. It's your fault for holding your sword in an improper way or for not watching where you're, And it shouldn't be just like, oh, cool. No dessert now. No, with I agree. Yeah. Oh, I do. I did love that for the second book of like, if you kill someone, you don't get s'mores. Yeah. Like, and I mean, <laughs> we saw this in the first one where like the, uh, uh uh the Ares cabin like attacked Percy and they were like we can attack you we can live one night without s'mores like there's no long-term repercussions yeah like if someone wants to hurt someone they can very easily do I get but so I think I think that's good battle training I mean it's bad <laughs> it's bad because they're children and like also you should teach children how to be responsible for their own actions but in war you're not gonna treat like you're not gonna act like it's bad if they kill someone so they're honestly it's just like they're just training them to be little war machines and i'm not saying that the industry uh, the industrial the military industrial complex of camp half-blood is correct but that's how it is (laughs) good good uh Incredible. Good battles training, bad people training. Oh my god. Yes. Camp's motto. But if you think about it, like these kids aren't expected to make it p- past the age of 16. Yeah. Especially so it doesn't them. matter if they're teaching them how to be a good human being. They're never going to be one. All they need them to do is go to fight monsters and protect the camp. It's really messed up. It's it so it messed is. up. I love, this, I love this idea of you being like, or Chiron being like, I mean, if they're not going to live long enough anyway, why do we need to teach them life skills? Like, yeah. I mean, like, it's basically the same. It's basically the same as like child labor in the late 1800s in the Industrial Revolution. They were like, these kids are going to die from asbestos poisoning anyway by the age 17. So we might as well send them into the mines because they're not going to last that long anyway. You know? Yeah, true. <laughs> It's really terrible, but it is. But it, it makes sense, and but probably was, probably what they're thinking anyway. Rick was a history teacher before he <laughs> wrote these books, <laughs> so it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. All right, are we ready to get into this battle? Heck yeah! Oh yes. The quick reminder that um, Percy does trip in front of everyone um, as they go up to their positions. And that is pretty funny. So he's what really a loser. Looking, he's really not looking good as a co-captain. So he places the flag at the top of Zeus's fist, which is a clump of rocks that either looks like a fist or a bunch of deer poop, but you know, gotta be respectful to the gods and all of that. So it's definitely not, not deer poop rocks. And so it's a great place, you know, like it's super high up. It's harder to get from the campers, easy to defend all that. It's a smart place. He, Nico, Beckendorf, and the Stoll brothers are there to help him guard 
Thalia is talking about how she's going to split up all the campers. Again, not really involving Percy in this at all. But, you know, whatever. She She's an independent boss, you could say. So they're making this whole plan, which reminds me that, like, when I was in middle school, I would draw out um, Capture the Flag battle plans a lot every lunch. I practiced my sword fighting on the Wii, and I drew out Capture the Flag battle plans. That's pretty cute. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was real adorable. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, this. this one word for it. Oh, thanks, Lauren. Love you. <laughs> Love you, too. Anyway. So Thalia is essentially going to take the main raiding party around. So again, giving herself the role of the hero. Because she could have been anywhere on offense. And she chose the main raiding party. So whatever. I mean, and, go big or go home. Yeah, but again, she's, she's choosing the biggest, most important seeming role for herself. You know, like, whatever. I was going to make a sports reference. And I realized I don't really know much about sports. And I should not attempt that. She she's the middle school uh, kid who made themselves the quarterbacks. That way they can be the one to throw the touchdown. There you go. Because no one cares about the linebacker. That's a position. Yes. <laughs> or the or the, the cornerback. That's a position. <laughs> I'm doing a great job today, guys. I'm really proud of myself. Anyway, so she asked, she just asked Percy if he has anything else that he wants to add. He's like, Yeah, you know, keep sharp, like. It's not that big of a forest, so we'll we'll be roving, like yell if you need help. And Thalia says, do not leave your post. And Percy says, yeah, but if you see a golden opportunity, you should take it. And she's like, no, don't don't you dare. So they're arguing over this, where Percy's like, whatever it takes to win. And Thalia's like, no, stick to your positions. Well, I don't think it's, it's, I think it's less whatever it takes to win and more like, hey, remember when we had a plan going into Westover Hall and you abandoned it and then Annabeth fell off a cliff and now she's being, uh, forced to hold up the weight of the world by uh, my old buddy Luke yeah that's your fault because you abandoned your post like I just feel like that's basically what Talia's mental is going through right now and she's like this little is gonna screw this up for me again because yeah. he doesn't know how to like not take the glory for himself yeah she's also like if I was in your position and I happened before I would have done the exact same thing you did and she's upset by that Yep. I mean, because they are, in a lot of ways, the same person. Oh, yeah. I love when we have, like, two characters who, like, you don't, you start thinking about it, you're like, oh my god, they're the same person. <laughs> and just end up on different tracks in life. Oh, but, yeah. yeah, so they are, all the offensive players go off. Percy's hanging out on the rocks. He sees Selena and her two scouts head off, followed by hunters trying to lead them away so Thalia and her group can go through. And suddenly Percy has an idea, which is never, never good. Because as Thalia just said, don't leave your post. But what does Percy immediately do? Leave his post. Leaves his post, yep. He tells Beckentorf and the Stoll brothers and Nico to hold the fort. And he runs off, hops over the line into their territory. He grabs the flag, knocking, well, not knocking out, but slamming into Bianca to the ground in the process to get the flag. Then he gets tripped by a little tripwire fired from a bow. I love the sentence, a tripwire fired from a bow. Like, that's interesting writing choice, but okay. I also um, love the fact that, like, they're like, Bianca, you're new. We want to keep put you on something easy. Just stand in front of the flag. And if someone comes at you, you got him. And she did not got him. She very <laughs> much did not. You know, it's like, it's like Percy his first time out. He did not have No, but like, Nico at least 
like, cause it's also Nico's first time playing capture the flag. And like Percy technically had a couple of days of training. So it was a cool that he was alone, but like Nico had is like surrounded by other people. Cause they're like, you don't know anything. It's cool. We'll train you. Bianca. They're like, train to the fire kid. You're going to stand here and you're going to take him out. Yeah. You have no training. You just found out of everything yesterday. And the only person who you've seen with any fighting experience is that kid over there who got, a t- who uh, got poisoned. And that girl who fell off the cliff, you got this. Like, <laughs> I just don't agree with that training tactic by the Hunters of Artemis. I know. I would never have left Bianca in charge of anything. She doesn't know anything. It's been two days. Exactly. Like if you had given her like time and some training and been like, okay, we're going to like give you a chance here and we're going to like have a couple of people with you, but you're going to lead. Like, I feel like this is very much like this mentality. I feel like the Hunters have this mentality of like, um, you got to run before you walk, you know, they're like, you gotta, you gotta leap. You gotta go straight head first, leap of faith. Go. Yep. Yep. It's, it's an interesting way to do it, but yeah. So Percy is tripped. He is on the ground, like a real loser. Thalia appears very upset with him. And then a fart arrow goes off. So now they're choking and gagging and trying to escape. More arrows are coming at them. The hunters are appearing, trying to fight off Percy with a knife and he keeps going suddenly he sees Beckendorf and Nico running towards him so running towards that middle boundary line and he realizes it's because Zoe has somehow gotten the flag and like the two seconds Percy was gone and Beckendorf's like yeah I got this they can't get through me Zoe gets through them has the flag so now she and Percy are both running toward the boundary line whoever crosses first is the big winner Percy's trying to get faster and faster but of course when he's two feet away from the line Zoe bolts across, slams into him just to rub it in. The hunters are cheering. Everyone else is upset. And Kyra announces the hunters win for the 56th time in a row. I I don't want to, okay, so I'm gonna be very honest here. The first time I read this, I was like, why doesn't he just like throw the flag? And then I remembered like you, like flags don't throw well. Like that's like, throwing- <laughs> it's not gonna work. But I'm like, yeah. I wish there was like some weighted part of it. So you could just like, just chuck it over the line to somebody against the rules of capture the flag haven't you ever played you it has to be the person that got it that takes it across the line no we definitely did handoffs i want to say really oh yeah yeah because that was the best part like you'd have two people back there and they'd both be like hands behind their backs you'd have to like try and guess which one Hmm. i think it's like football like you can't just throw the football into the little touchdown zone someone's got to cross the line while holding it right well no no no. you can throw no you can catch the football down. while you're well that's you what i mean like, like, like if the, the football zone. hits the ground and no one's like holding yeah to it, that doesn't count if it's you not a kickoff throw the flag across and have a kick. i don't mean i'm not talking about like going through the goalposts no i mean I, neither was i square on the ground someone has to be making contact with the ball well i think that's what i meant like you could toss yeah. the, the flag to somebody it's i feel like whenever we played capture the flag it had to be you had to be holding on to it when you crossed but i always i played capture the flag where you had to get all the way back to your flag place yeah that's what we always did and theirs is just crossing the boundary yeah we always did it you have to have it all the way back and we also did like modified like in in gym where you'd like have like four different things you had to get across and they were all like stuffed little pigs because those were easy to throw and you could chuck it. I feel like there's actually just no concrete rules to capture the flag. And it's just, 
whatever you can justify to Chiron after the fact. Yeah. I don't think there's actually rules to this game. Yeah, no, all I remember from Capture the Flag in elementary school or middle school or whatever was that two kids collided and one kid's front two teeth ended up in the other kid's skull. <gasps> yeah. Why would I you mean, it was that? the age when you lose teeth. So, like, the teeth were on their way oh. out. Oh. But they were on their way out into someone else's skull. When I was <laughs> in high let school. let that sink in for a minute. <laughs> When I was in high school, we were playing this game and you know, those like really soft foam balls. We were playing dodgeball with those. Yeah. And a kid threw it through one of them so hard that it broke a girl's thumb. Ooh, she's got to be like, catching that the wrong way though. Violent. A really bad break. Well, she, I mean, she was per- trying to prevent it from hitting her face. Oh, God. Yeah, she and lost I, I don't know how you throw it that hard that it could have broken a bone. Because it was like one of those soft foam balls. Yeah. yeah. We weren't That's allowed why to play dodgeball with them because they are not supposed to hurt you. Yeah. We weren't allowed to play dodgeball. So we played like modif- we played games that weren't technically dodgeball. It was basically like it was dodgeball with two cones uh, up. And if you knocked one of their cones down, then your whole team got to come back in. And then when you knocked the second one down, your team won. Hmm. So it wasn't dodgeball, but you could (laughs) hit a ball. You could hit somebody with a ball and they would be out. Or if you caught a ball, they would be out. It was, but it wasn't dodgeball. It's because Lauren's school was too violent. (laughs) Yes, we weren't allowed to play that. That sounds like Percy's school in Sea of Monsters. Yes. Yes. All about the good vibes. (laughs) Yep. So, um, yeah. So, of course, everyone is very upset with Percy, specifically Thalia, who screams his full name. And that's how you know it's serious. Perseus Jackson. And apparently she smells like rotten eggs from the fart arrow. So she's not in a good mood from that alone. She's so upset. Blue sparks are flickering around on her. And she's also holding up her shield, which, of course, scares everyone. And she starts screaming at Percy, like, what were you thinking? He's like, well, I got the flag. Like, I had a chance and I took it. And she's like, well, I was at the base. We had a plan. We had a plan. I could have gotten it. You ruined everything. Which, like, because then, like, if he hadn't have gone over, he would have been there to help protect the flag against Zoe. So, though, like, if she took out the four guys on her own, I don't feel like Percy would have made much of a difference. Like how much longer Beckendorf and the Soul Brothers have been there. They've had more training than Percy. I also feel like, and this is no offense to Talia at all, but I think her plan was kind of stupid um, because Percy should have been on the offense because in order to get over to the other player's side, you have to cross a creek and he's really only powerful when he has water around him. Yeah. And when he was at the defensive camp, there was no water so it made it would make way more sense because Talia could take lightning from the sky. She doesn't need something there for her to be able to, you know, use her powers. Also, it's a monument to Zeus, her father. So she would be automatically more powerful over there. Mm-hmm. Is it really a monument or is it just a pile of rocks that looks a little like a fist? Well, they well it says it's named after Zeus. After Zeus so and she doesn't have a good sense of humor. Again, so it's because it's yeah. because they both want this the spot of victory, and that is the one that carries the flag across. So I totally understand that. Really, I mean, yeah. But from yeah. a strategy point of view, Talia's an idiot. And that was uh, why they need Annabeth. Yeah, again. Yes. But I also like 
Percy should always just be border patrol. Like, I'm surprised he can't just like make a little like boundary with the creek and just like extend it up and like just block people from coming in. Like, Percy is powerful at other times, but he's at his best in water. He really should right. just always be border patrol. Yeah, exactly. Definitely. But, you know, Belly, of course, is not seeing it that way. She's saying that it's all Percy's fault. And then she pushes him with including an electric shock with that that's so big it pushes him backwards 10 feet the campus start laughing at him which of course is going to get him upset and the hunters too like everyone's laughing at him and so he creates a giant wave that blasts into her face and he's like yeah i didn't mean it either so but she genuinely didn't mean it like that was just her like reacting also, and like, her anger feel sparks come up your body you need to take a step back like she, yeah. she, she, could, she could kill him she could i don't blame percy for that one no but she might not be able to feel it she might not be able to tell when that power is growing or if she's that's in the moment and angry. That's, that's an explanation not an excuse yes, yes i know yes but it's i'm like just saying, saying about the whole root thing get better balance yes. get better control over your body <laughs> but i'm saying like percy percy's re percy's doing it on purpose she was not he she started it but he is continuing it it doesn't yeah, matter he can reciprocate she, yeah she could have murdered she could have killed him though right then yeah and so. she then tries to by calling down actual lightning yeah now okay, she's but, going on a murder spree that, but before that she calls him seaweed brain and says oh you want some more seaweed brain and percy's like oh no we are not going there we are not friends like that like that is Annabeth's nickname for me and Annabeth only even though Clarice was the first one to call him that I just want to remind everyone at the beginning of Sea of Monsters she is the one that invented that nickname Annabeth then stole it from Clarice but now she's the only one that gets so she gets so used to it and Percy says like it's okay when Annabeth called me I'm like at least at least I gotten used to it like yeah sure Percy you just got used to it whatever um but coming from Thalia was not cool because from her it definitely it sounds like an insult whereas like to, from Annabeth it's more like a friendly like, she, it was she endearing. means it as an insult she means it as an insult yeah. and he throws it back by calling her pinecone face which I love <laughs> that's I actually a really that's kind of a good comeback yeah <laughs> at first I read it and I was like that's so stupid but then I was like wait but she was a tree she was literally yeah. a tree <laughs> and like it's a lot better because like seaweed brain like pokes one of like percy's intelligence and stuff not just the fact that he's like his father is poseidon but like he's not even going for the fact that her father's zeus because like zeus is cool and all he's like no 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 you are a tree we're making fun of that <laughs> yeah like zeus can pick anything better for you when you were dying <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah so like you said thalia literally summons down giant lightning that then slams directly into percy's chest <laughs> Which again, trying to kill him at this point. Yeah, that's an actual attack of murder. That is that like is attempted murder. Uh, yes. That's like putting a defibrillator on someone's chest. Yeah. I feel like. Yeah, yeah. Like you're not supposed to shock someone if they're not in in VTAC. Like, no. I'm I'm surprised he gets up because like he gets up and like he's like my sh- his shirt is like singed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so then he of course has to respond and he wills the entire creek to rise like the all the water which is gonna look so cool i'm so excited for the show you guys um yeah so lifts up the entire creek and that's when kyron decides to call it quits however even then percy's still not listening to kyron however 
past Thalia, he sees something in the tree surrounded by green mist, and then he drops the water. Even Thalia turns around to look, and Chiron's like, she's never left the attic, ever. And who is it, folks? The Oracle! Wild. She has, she has emerged to, to come tell Purse about Annabeth? I know. It's gonna sound weird, but I hate when we call the Oracle a she, because I've always like seen it as an it. But <laughs> but it is a woman. I know. She but is like, a woman. I, I know. <laughs> it is a woman. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yep. So yeah. I think I like I like this imagery and it reminds me of when I um emerged from my room at <laughs> at like noon and no one's expecting it and they're like, oh God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I go to get snacks at two in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> Yep, you know that's so. the means that's gonna come out of the series. <laughs> and also, that's so interesting that you say the it, because sometimes it's a it's a her, and then sometimes it's an it. Yeah, because it says like good um, <laughs> at the center, blah 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 blah, and then the oracle regarded me with its dead eyes with instead of like her dead eyes. Um, and then she turned unmistakably towards Zoe. This is so weird. It's like switching pronouns throughout <laughs> the paragraph. Maybe it's more like how Percy views it in the moment of like, oh, like from this angle and like from this voice, it's uh, she's very much a female, but like, no, right now it looks like a cold, dead husk of a person. It's an it. Yeah. Like, or it could also be that this the spirit is the it and then she being the dead host is the she so it's depending on like what part of it you're referencing or, or it could be free lauren rick had trouble writing this and forgot to include a pronoun here or there or or it could just be rick forgets what he's doing and yeah. his editors <laughs> didn't catch it exactly <laughs> i really really question the editors sometimes on things like, i like, question like, rick i mean <laughs> i question everyone everyone like how i just love monsters Blackjack is a mare who curses and then Titans curse what we'll get to it but yeah <laughs> I just love how Rick the other day was like yeah I don't even know what I wrote so good luck making a show out of this yeah. <laughs> I guess no, literally because everyone was complaining well not everyone some some folks in the fandom who you know have some interesting thoughts have been like super super vocal about why they don't like walker as being percy it just like very aggressively so and rick's like dude do you guys not remember how many times i messed things up like you're the, this is this is the hill you want to die on like come yeah on, rick's like you obviously didn't read the series because you think these characters have consistent descriptions because <laughs> no. they don't yep. <laughs> like eye color changing like just all, the all the only consistent bit is Annabeth has gray eyes. Yep. That's it. <laughs> and Percy's got sea green eyes. Yes. Yeah. That's like the only consistent bits. Yep. <laughs> I think Rick just likes looking into people's eyes. He does. He gets eyes really into people's eyes. Cool. He mentions that with the Oracle here. Yeah. <laughs> it has cold dead eyes. Yeah. <laughs> it has cold dead eyes. Oh my God. Yep. So the oracle goes over to zoe not percy not zoe, percy not percy he's very upset about this and tells zoe to approach and she's like oh what must i do to help my goddess and so i love that question 
of like, what must I do to help my goddess? Like she's thought about what she was going to say. Oh yeah. Um, instead of like Percy who was like, Hey, like, uh, Annabeth, like, Hey, what's up? Yeah. Hey, what's up? Maybe maybe that's why it didn't respond to Percy because he wasted his one question on what's up. (laughs) And she responded with nothing because nothing's up. Exactly. There you go. So imagine she just like opened her mouth and the green smoke comes out, billows out, and it's just the sky. And then done. (laughs) Oh my God. Yep. So we get this image of Artemis. She is wrapped in chains. She's kneeling and like fending off some sort of unseen attacker. And the Oracle gives a prophecy. Lauren, do you want to use your prophecy voice? Oh, yes. Let me uh, remember this. Five shall go west to the goddess in chains. One shall be lost in the land without rain. The bane of Olympus shows the trail. Campers and hunters combined prevail. The titans cursed must one withstand, and one shall perish by a hunt by a parent's hand. And that's the prophecy. Yes. I love the little name drop, the Titans Curse. Yes. Yes, yes. We gotta get it somewhere. (laughs) Yeah, we're done. We're out of here. It's like I love when you know a character in a TV show or movie says the yeah, the name of it. It's, <laughs> it's like, oh, they said the thing. They said the thing. Yeah. Yep. And then, yeah, that, that's all the Oracle has to do. You know, she, she showed up, she did her time, and then she sits on the rocks and does not move again. She's done. Yeah. She's done. I, it's so relatable. I will get up, I'll say a couple words, and then I'll go back to sleep. Yep. I also and- like how she sits down instead of just like, I don't know why, but I find the idea of her just like sitting down really hilarious to me because in the attic, she's like propped up into like a sarcophagus. So they have to like now unbend her to like put her back in there. But I love the idea that she's like, no, 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 we're done here. And we're going to sit down like a civilized person. Yes. We're going to sit on the rocks and watch, watch the little creek go by. Check out the fish. Yeah. Have a great time outside. And, and that's the end of this chapter. Yeah. Wow. Oh. That was very a lot. Dramatic ending. It was a lot. This is, a, it's it's a very heavy chapter. Like I feel like it's, it's a good chapter. It's yeah. very heavy. Yeah. It's like, thank you guys for giving me this chapter. Yeah. Thank you for coming on. Yeah. yeah. I basically told Lachlan I was like, I don't really care what chapter I do. I'm just I'm coming on because we're soulmates and it's <laughs> required. And she just gave me this chapter, and I was like, wow. I feel <laughs> so. Yeah. So honored. Yeah. Uh, so do you want to give yourself a little plug? Where can we find you? Where can we get more awesome content from you? Oh, um, so I don't have much content, but (laughs) (laughs) you can find me. uh, I'm on a podcast called Fatal Flaw with my friend Molly. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and on Instagram and Twitter at Fatal Flaw PJO. And then um, if you want to find me, Maddie, um, I'm sometimes cool. You can find me um, on Instagram and Twitter at my kind of Maddie, Maddie with a Y. So that's where yes. you can find me. And now that Elon Musk has purchased Twitter, how long do you expect to be on Twitter? Um, about six more months. Exciting. I actually, I, I reset up my Tumblr because I was like, well, Twitter's going to collapse. Um, <laughs> and Tumblr, it just doesn't have, have the content. I just can't do it. Doesn't have the content that I need. And so I'll just endlessly scroll Twitter and, until the app deletes itself. Yeah. yeah it's weird I was talking to someone the other day and they're like you were a tumblr kid right and I was like no actually I wasn't I just I never tried tumblr long enough for the algorithm to like work for me oh um, 
maybe that's my problem. I really wasn't a Tumblr kid either. I I never got into it. Yeah, yeah. No. And I just I didn't do social media at all. I didn't get Instagram until my junior year of college. So I just never even I've never once been on Tumblr before ever. <laughs> so I don't even know how to branch into that whole world. Don't even try. Just <laughs> stick to Instagram. That was like the safer. Here's me a little. I mean, I did at least get on TikTok. So yeah you you do make good tiktoks i do like your tiktok account so go follow it everyone on it so she doesn't know what i post on there (laughs) get on tiktok tiktok's the next big thing is it is it not already a big thing well i mean it is the it's the big thing but it's so fun (laughs) it's the current big thing yeah yeah yeah, thank you for coming on thank you for for having me this was so much fun yeah uh and thank you guys for listening uh we'll be back next week with chapter seven everybody hates me but the horse uh which is a very relatable chapter title in my mind uh so thank you so much and as always as we were just saying please go follow us on instagram and tiktok at accidentally vaporized pod lachlan runs all of that and she just does an incredible job so please check us out there i love how you say that i do an incredible job when you're not on social media anymore so you truly have no idea i'm 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 slowly getting back into social media i like deleted it for a while and i'm like slowly getting back on it and i'm like as i'm it's really weird. Like the times where it affects me most is like when I'm waking up and when I'm going to bed where I'm like, I shouldn't have redownloaded this. Like I shouldn't be back into it, but it's also like, I really am trying to stay off of it. So I think I might end up deleting it again. Yeah. I feel that part about being on TikTok is that obviously that account is public and like my personal Instagram is private. So like only the people that I know are on there like like my parents are also on Instagram so that they can look at pictures of our cat on our cat Instagram but like we don't follow each other because like we respect each other's personal lives that now that we're all adults um but I have a public TikTok and so my mom like my dad sent my mom a TikTok so she was looking at it and it scrolled on to the next thing automatically and the next thing was my face on one of the TikToks (laughs) I made and she's like what's happening why is Lachlan here on the phone what's going on and had to like text me she's like I just saw your video because I saw she she in she then liked the video and I was like mom you're on TikTok now when did this happen she's like I don't know your face was just there I didn't know what to do oh my gosh Granted, I wouldn't know either, but I thought that was that was pretty sweet of her. So my mom liked our video, so you can too. <laughs> yeah. If she can figure it out, I believe in the rest of yeah. you guys. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So um, anyway, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, and yeah, that's all we got. Yeah, Bye. We'll be back next time. Bye. Bye. Okay, cool. <laughs>